0: Welcome to the Mark Starry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Starry, and I'm a 15-plus-year veteran of the Twin Cities Minnesota Metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Starry, that's S-T-A-R-Y music Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My new album, White Knuckle Life, as well as my other original records are available for download on iTunes, CD baby etc this podcast drops every tuesday if not before on itunes soundcloud and most other places podcasts are available if you enjoy it please subscribe on itunes it's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode also consider helping get the word out in the street via social media five-star rating and review on itunes word of mouth etc happy thought of the day is by Muhammad ali don't count the days Make the days count. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 34, last week's gigs wrap-up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Still a little cold to be outside, so I had to play inside. But as always, it was a good time and looking forward to getting on that patio next week. Friday, I played a solo show at Ingredients in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. It was a great dinner crowd, and of course, the Shrimp Diablo is to die for. Saturday, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself rambled on up to Breezy Point, Minnesota to rock out at JJ's Pub at Commander Bar, and it was a great time. It was our friend Jackie's bachelorette party, so of course all the shenanigans that go along with that made it for a fun weekend. Upcoming shows. This week I kick off my summer school teaching in Turtle Lake, Wisconsin, but I'll still be playing on Wednesday, June 8th. 2016 at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota, from 8 to 10 p.m. Friday, June 10th, 2016, I'll be playing a solo show at the Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin, from 6:30 to 9:30 p.m. Saturday, June 11th, I'll be rocking out a show with Mr. Brian K. Johnson and Allie Gray at PD Pappy's in Stillwater, Minnesota, on the Poop Deck from 3 to 6 p.m. Sunday. June 12th, 2016, I'll be playing my first summer show at the Five O'Clock Club in beautiful Cumberland, Wisconsin from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Guest this week is part two of three with the Grammy Award-winning harmonica extraordinaire, Sugar Blue. Again, a big thanks to Alaria of Beeble Music for helping set up the interview and also to Kevin Reed for taking photos and videos. Blue and I discuss recording the classic Rolling Stones song, Miss You, touring with Prince, and jamming with Ray Charles. Enjoy the conversation. All right. Mr. Sugar Blue, welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast Part 2. Thanks again. We're still here and right outside Chicago, Illinois at the Counter Coffee. Last episode, we were talking about the harmonica stuff and technique stuff. Uh, This I wanted to ask you. One of the things Sugar, you're known for, is playing on the famous Rolling Stones song, Miss You. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, rec- I, I, rec- I, I recorded uh, two or three um, of their albums with them. You know, yeah, it was, yeah, I had, a, I had a good time, had a good time. I was living in France back in the day, back in the day. Uh, it was what was it,
0: 1977, 78? Yeah, around that time. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, uh, what was the recording session like? Like, um, were you guys, all hanging out and like we yeah, just throwing gotta, ideas, or how did the, how was the scene? Oh, you get
1: like? you get in the studio at about I don't know twelve or one o'clock in the afternoon, and leave at about four or five o'clock in the in the next morning. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to have money to be able to spend that kind of time in the studio. Really believe it? You know, it's. I mean, you know, it's like. Um, I mean, they li- they were literally. Put together songs in the studio. They, you know, they come in with um, with the ghost of an idea, and then um, and then and, and then kick it around until it until it until it fleshed out.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah. They must have a lot of money to do that in the studio. Oh
1: well, hey, they're the Stones, man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> know. So did you come up with that lick that?
1: Well, I had a lot to do with the song. Let's say it. Let's put it like that.
0: Okay. Um, so how many, how many did it take, was there a lot of takes? Were you doing, were you doing it live with everybody or just uh, single take stuff in, a, in an ISO booth? Or how did the session go? Um,
1: yeah, well, um, well, I mean, you know, we'd start, we start off, with, you know, we started off and, uh, you know, and the whole, and, and everybody would play together, you know. And, um, and, and finally, you know, and I mean, good God, I don't know how many takes of that tune we did. Um, and then finally, uh, you know, the, we got something that Mick and Keith were satisfied with. And, um, and then it was like, okay, we got the basic structure of the tune down Okay, now okay. Want you to solo here? Want you to solo there? You know, so you know they gave they gave the sax player gave the sax player some something in the middle, and um, and then I think Keith Keith or I, I I can't remember I I can't remember whether it was Keith or Woody who played the the, the very sparse guitar solo, and uh, and then uh, towards the end they said okay Blue go crazy
0: <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So that's what I did, you know. Oh my God! You know it was like, but it was like it was something that I felt like it had to be very, uh, very, very, very uh, not not something very fast, uh, not very, uh, very choppy, but something that was you know very kind of low and slow and you know, just, you know, just hang on to every note until, you know, just, just, just stretch the note out till until the next, until the next beat, and then let it go slowly, and then pull into another one you know and it
0: worked it worked very well you know wow was it fun were those guys fun to work with
1: well, i i enjoyed it yeah i enjoyed it um you know?
0: did any of those guys you hit it off with better like who was your favorite one of the guys to, to work with woody i love woody he's yeah woody, huh? yeah
1: woody's woody woody's woody's a uh, he was a lot of fun beautiful cat loved him Heck Loved yeah. him. yeah yeah
0: and what other rolling stones records you played on
1: oh um pfft. Let me see uh, sucking in the seventies, which <laughs> uh I think that was some kind of compilation or something, but i mean we did a, I mean, we did so many tunes and we we cut, we did so many tunes we i mean you know we just we started we would start at one in the afternoon and play until four five six o'clock in the morning oh
0: my and gosh. we did
1: that for we did that for like. Three, four weeks a month, you know. Wow. And um, uh, let me see. Uh, I think Tattoo You was one. Uh, oh, I don't remember the name all the tattoos, man. It was like it was back in the seventies, man.
0: <laughs> I gotta ask you, how the heck did you even wind up
1: working with those guys anyway? Um, well, I was living in I was living in uh, Paris, and uh, I had been. I had been, you know, doing my usual thing, busking in the streets and, and, in, the, and, and in the metro uh, in Paris, and I had, um, you know, uh, recorded some stuff with, with Louisiana, with the great Louisiana Red. <laughs> And um, I think Keith heard, yeah, Keith, you know, because Keith is a great blues collector. And he had heard the stuff that I did with uh, Red. I, I think the record was Red, Funk, and Blue. And uh, he really liked it. So they, um, they you know, I, I, it's really a strange story. I um, was playing at a friend's party and uh, at the time, they were shooting a um, Cubby Broccoli, uh, who produced all of the all of the early James Bond movies, uh, was in town, and they were shooting uh, and they were shooting some part of a James Bond film. And his gopher, whose name I cannot remember, sorry man, uh, came came to the party. And he was like hanging out and saying, wow, man, you know, that's really great. You sound really nice. And, you know, and and, and uh, the Stones are in town and they want to record and uh, and they're going to record and, and they could use a harmonica player. And I was like, well, hey, man, they got a harmonica player. You know, I think, uh, I think Mick plays around a little bit. <laughs> and he said, yeah, man, but not like you, <laughs> you know. And I was like, well, OK, whatever, you know. And so I gave him my number. And um, at some point, somewhere or another, I can't remember, Metro or in, uh, in, in some little club, uh, they showed up anyway. And, uh, and, and they really liked what I did. And not long after, I got a phone call. And, uh, and he said, would you like to... And, and, and it was uh, Mick, you know, doing his Cockney accent you know, so I thought it was a friend of mine pulling a joke on me. Oh my so, God. So I said, okay, well, what the hell? What have I got to lose? So I went to the studio and it turned out that, that, that it was the guys, you know? Oh,
0: so Mick Jagger called you. Mm. Yep. I mean, I was like harmonica, but I never knew what to do. I started playing it when I was about 17, I guess. And um, I used to go and see this band called Alexis Corner who Charlie played with for a while. And they had a harmonica player called Cyril Davis. And I'd never seen anyone actually play the harmonica. You know, I'd heard the records, but I didn't know actually how you made the noise, you know? I mean, it's weird, but how, how would I know? Because no one to... So then he showed me. He was very taciturn and difficult person. And he didn't want to show me anything. And he told me to fuck off, basically. Wow. That's awesome. And you guys hit Laugh right away, huh?
1: Oh, hey, man. You know, it's like, you know... Basically, they ain't nothing but a bunch of um, you know they, they they're they're a bunch of blues cats, British blues boys, okay, and you know so I mean we had a lot we had a lot um, of the we had a lot of music in common, yep. So it was just it was great it was great I had
0: I had fun. What do you think of Mick as a harmonica player? Is he pretty good?
1: Um, it depends on which track you're talking about. <laughs> you know, some of the stuff he did was great, and some of the stuff he did was not as great as some of the stuff he did.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, um, actually, the cat that I liked that played the harmonica for me that turned me on was, was, the, um, was the guy that passed away from the early days of the Stones, Brian uh, Jones. Brian Jones? Yeah, 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 yeah. Brian Jones was, he played some beautiful harp on, uh, you know, those early cuts, you know, like December's Children and stuff like that, you know. (laughs) look what you do.
0: Uh, for people listening if they haven't heard your version of miss you was probably my favorite the one you guys do live you guys jazz that one up too
1: oh actually I think we um, we recorded we we recorded a, a version of that on um, blue blazes
0: that's on blue blazes too
1: yeah and uh, I remember um, I didn't want to do it, you know. I was like, I said, "What the hell is the point? It's already out there. It's a hit, and uh, blah blah blah." And um, Rico McFarland, uh, who was an incredible—I mean, you know—he's a phenomenal blues guitar player and vocalist in his own right. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to work with him for the last twenty-five years. He said, "Man, you got to do this tune, damn it!" He said, "He said, he said, man, the tune." He said, "Basically, the tune." Uh, he said, man, you are, you are the flower <laughs> of this tune. The rest of it is the bush, but you're the flower. And I'm saying, well, okay, whatever, you know, it's like, just leave me alone. As a matter of fact, a lot of, there is. it's really funny, uh, quite a few tunes that I did that I didn't want to do. Came from these guys needling me about it. (laughs) I was like, okay, leave me alone, we'll do the damn song, and then you won't bug me anymore, right? (laughs) And... um, and Rico came up with uh, some really with a really nice arrangement for the tune, and and when I heard what he wanted to do with it, then I said, "Oh yeah!" And then I got excited about doing the song. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's an awesome version. I love the live version you guys do on, on uh, Raw Sugar. Yeah, yeah, um, that's uh, Do you are you do you still like playing it, or are you sick of that riff? Um, <laughs>
1: hey, I mean, you know, it's like uh, I have fun playing it. I have fun playing it. You know. It's like, if I don't like playing something, then I don't play it.
0: (laughs) I heard you there. Um, I guess I'll transition a little bit here. Uh, I drove down from uh, Minneapolis. I'm a musician up there. And uh, recently we lost Prince. Prince. Oh, the man. King of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, man. I yeah, so I, was was I worked, with, I I worked, worked with, with him for with. I worked with him,
1: yeah man. He was a, he was I mean, well, hey man, what can you say? The man was a genius, you know, there's no doubt about it. One of the most brilliant um American musicians in the last in the in the last fifty years. I mean, you know, I I I um I put him up there uh with uh, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, you know. Uh, they don't make them like that anymore, you know? Um, God. I mean, the guy could sing, he could write, he could play.
0: How and, did you meet him?
1: Um, actually, I was playing at a place called Biscuits and Blues, and he came down. We were playing there for two nights, and he came by for two nights. And um, and um, the second night... Uh, he came over and asked me if I'd like to play with him. I was like, huh? What? I'm like, what am I going to do with Prince? And, and there's Rico McFarlane again. He said, damn it, you better go play with this guy. <laughs> I was like... And and I was like, I got to think about it, Rico. I got to think about it. He said, hey amen. If you don't play with him, I ain't playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. That, I guess I, that decided me right quick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. Rico 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 has been um, he's been v- very influential in um, in in my musical in my, in my musical career over the last twenty some odd years, and um, and it was it was a wonderful opportunity to to play with Prince. I'm glad that I got that, that, that I'm glad that I got the opportunity. I'm glad that he liked what I did enough to invite me into his um, into his circle. Okay. You know, um I I remember when I heard that he passed away, man. I th- first of all, I thought somebody was um I th- I thought well, um it's Facebook foolishness. You know, <laughs> this can't be real, you know, because uh, as I remember Prince was Prince was a teetotaler, a total health nut, you know. I knew he'd never messed around with drugs, or, you know, he didn't drink, um and uh I, I don't know man you know it's like when 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 I finally realized that he was gone man it broke my heart it broke my heart like like so many like so many people that loved him um, Hey man all praises due I know I'm I'm sure that wherever he went man they draped the halls in purple when he came in
0: <laughs> Did you play on some recordings with him, on some demo stuff, some live shows? What, the, what all did uh, so, they have to do well, with
1: them? No, we, we, I, there, was some, there was some live stuff that they were cutting in the studio. I don't know whatever happened to it. Uh, I never got into, um, you know, in Paisley Park. Um, and then I did a lot of, then I, then I was on the road with them for about a year. And, How was
0: that experience?
1: Oh, I mean, you know, it's, hey man, I was on the road with Prince. <laughs> Uh, how 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 would how would you feel about that okay <laughs> oh my know? gosh you know and I I'm I, I, yeah you know, I mean I mean I, I got to I got to I got to um I got to work with him um uh and I remember there was a there there was a double bill with um with the family stone you know um and uh Larry Graham and uh and uh my god you know and Cynthia who I I been in love with Cynthia Cynthia on the horn <laughs> I've been in love with Cynthia's since I was a little boy <laughs> you know and so I mean I th- th- I had some wonderful I've had some wonderful opportunities to play with some beautiful people man you know um Memphis Slim. Uh, Ray Charles. Uh, you mind
0: talking a little bit about Ray Charles?
1: Oh God, man. Well I mean, you know, what can you say about Ray Charles? You don't you know, you know, you abase yourself. <laughs> you, you 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 assume the position, you put your hands together in front and you say, Yes, sir. <laughs> he is one of the one of, I mean, he he he's he was one one of my one of my heroes, you know, and um, I was, at the time that I that I got this opportunity, I was um, working on a movie that Brownie McGee had gotten me into called Angel Heart
0: with Robert De Niro. Yeah. Yes, I didn't want to cause a scene. I hate to have any sort of fuss or, so I thought
1: perhaps you could, you know, subtly in a more quiet manner. You want me to check it out? Check it out. <laughs> And um, then they were doing something. They were doing. Uh, they were filming something called uh, Fats and Friends because uh, it was uh, uh, Fats Domino, uh, Ray Charles, and Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, and they filmed the whole thing. Uh, I remember uh, that. Uh, Woody was there also uh, Woody uh, from the Stones and uh, it was a fantastic opportunity man you know and I got to meet Ray Charles I got to shake his hand I got to smile in his face I I touched Ray Charles (laughs) like well I can die I can I can die now <laughs> you know I've I've done it all I've done it all it's not gonna get any better than this oh my you know? god you know and uh oh my god man what a what can you say he's Ray Charles and that's all need be said you know he he did it all I mean if there was no Ray Charles there'd be no Stevie Wonder <laughs> you know um Geez, man. Did he you
0: like your harmonica style?
1: Um, he wasn't a big fan of harmonicas. He played he preferred horns, okay. you know? Yeah. But um He gave me a solo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, I so I mean, you know, um, geez, you know, I mean, uh, talk about great piano player. Roosevelt Sykes, you know, great, great piano player. Uh, Memphis Slim. Uh, oh, yeah. I Sammy guess- Price. It's really funny, man, but, you know, but um, some great piano players have been... Very important in my in, in in my career, you know. Dave, you know, because like I would never have gone to France uh, without uh, the influence of uh, a girl that I was going back, uh, going out with back in the day, Cecile Balif, who was a great bass player, and uh, she had been talking about, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home. I was like, yeah, right, I'm going to France, I'm not going to France, and. I went to see Memphis Slim and I sat in with him and we talked about Sonny Boy Williamson, you know, because well, you know, it's like he did a lot of work with Sonny with Sonny Boy um, during those overseas tours and stuff and when he worked, when he lived and worked in Chicago regularly. And I asked him, I said, what do you think if I came over to France, what do you think would be the possibility? He said, they like Sunny Boy, and you can play pretty good, so um, it's up to you. Do you um, if you've got the hutzpah, go for it. And I said, well, okay, I'm gone. <laughs> about, two, about two weeks later, I was on a plane. And... Um, and that was um, and 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 um, I got to and I got to work with him and play with him, and uh, I remember there was a jam session one night in a little club in the Marais district of Paris, and there was Dexter Gordon on saxophone, Ray Brown on bass, and If you blues folks don't know who Ray Brown was or Dexter Gordon, find out. All right. Um uh, let me see uh Memphis Slim on keys. Um uh, the incredible Michael Silva on drums. Uh, Michael Silva played with um played with uh, the Sammy Davis Jr. big band for many years. And hey man, I mean That kind of a session, you you would never see all of these guys on the same stage in America. And if you could see them, you couldn't pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) And it was truly incredible. So, I mean, you know, the the music scene was so, the music scene was so vibrant and beautiful and open, you know, in Europe. I had such a good time back then.
0: That's an amazing story. Um, we're running down on part two. Do you mind doing one more round of questions? Oh, come
1: on. What the hell? Okay. So i read the story behind the song. Well, here, man
0: to, 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 <laughs> co- I got a gallon of coffee here, so let's, nice. let's we'll roll. Nice. We'll do one more round. Okay, so the story behind the song segment this week, I want to ask you about one of my other favorite ones is Red Hot Mama and a nice cold bottle of beer. What's the story behind that song? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, there's a friend of mine named Jim Thummelis. And Jim, um, you know, Jim. Uh, it, my God, he moved out. He moved out to someplace in the desert in the southwest somewhere uh, a few years ago. But he he uh, used to, he was a harmonica. He was a um, harmonica enthusiast. And he came in, and he came to a gig one night and he said, "I got a great idea for a song." And I said, "What is it?" He said, "Red hot mama and an ice cold bottle of beer." And I was like, hey, I like it.
0: <laughs> Who doesn't?
1: Yeah. You know? So back in the day, uh, this was sometime, I guess, sometime in the in the early mid-'80s. And um, and all of the beer companies were doing lots of promotion with uh, music and R&B and stuff. And I thought, well, let's sit down and work on this and see if we can't you know, sell this, you know, come up with a song that we can sell to uh, one of these beer companies, and, and so we sat down, we put it together, and um, and, uh, and the song, and we kind of liked the song, but I never took the song seriously, it was like, okay, this is like going to be, it's like, we're working on a commercial here, and, um, and uh, let me see, Miller was interested, Miller, Miller was interested in the tune, and wouldn't you know, just around that time, somebody, and I can't remember who, came up with the Swedish models thing, right, you know, and there was like all of these um, Swedish girls in um, in various um, very itty-bitty bikinis and all this kind of stuff, and I can't remember who... Um, Uh, I think it was um, the vice president's lady was very offended by all of this, um, let me see, who was president back then? Tipper Gore? Tipper Gore, yeah, and she tipped everything right into the toilet. (laughs) Uh, As much as I admire her husband, I really was like, man, get your hands off the music, girl, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And so, all of a sudden, all of the uh, beer companies backed up off of these, um, they backed up off of the, all of this uh, musical stuff, and, you know, and backed up off the girls, and, and, they, and, and they went back to very sonorous and very genteel commercials with guys speaking in very deep voices about how wonderful it is to drink beer, you know, and it took all of the fun out of it. And so that was the end of the song, as far as I was concerned. And I said, well, what the hell? You know, and um, there's Rico McFarland again. He said, well, we got to just, we just play the song, man. It's, it's a good song. Let's just use it. And so um, we, I basically used it to open and close the show. Yep. And, uh, and I was saying, let's record it. And I, and, and I, and i resisted that for 20 years <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> and we um and when when we when they finally between between Rico and um Rico McFarlane, James Knowles and and, and my wife Valeria Lantieri they kept on bugging me about doing this live record and then Rico said, it'd be great if we did uh, Red Hot Mama. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> okay, okay, because once this is done, I don't have to hear this anymore. <laughs> and we recorded the song, and it came out pretty good. Oh, or, at least I thought so, anyhow.
0: Oh, my gosh, one of my favorites. Mr. Sugar Blue, thank you for being on the Mark Stereo Music Podcast. Please, everybody, stick around for Part three. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you or your business are interested in sponsoring this podcast, please contact me via email at marksterrymusic at gmail.com. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time.
1: For the first time this evening, you will put you hands together for Grammy Award winner. Let's hear it, y'all. Sugar Blue!